Hi folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are, as always. I appreciate y'all giving me a little bit of your time today, each day. appreciate y'all continuing to share the podcast. I think I mentioned last time, last month we had the most downloads that we've ever had in a single month. And I'll have to go back and double check this, but it was either the highest or one of the highest. Uh, downloads per episode we've ever had so and i just have to assume that hey god his hands in it one way or the other even if if we shut the podcast down next month and b y'all continuing to share it uh, is is how it spreads so I, I ask that you would continue to do that and i'm grateful for it and i appreciate it gonna go for one of our little walks today if I can survive not being carried off by the mosquitoes who have decided to come back out with a vengeance of one puppy dog today, no rain still. I think the garden is, uh, resembles more maybe the Mojave Desert than anything else right now. So at any rate, we got a ton to try and squeeze in. So I'm going to get going. I promised y'all or threatened y'all, depending on how you want to look at it. A couple of weeks ago, to we were going to do a little series on what it actually means to talk about patriotism. And so we are. We're going to start today. And we've got another little series coming up that will kind of tie into this in a way, at least today's podcast from the Churchill biography uh, on, on the divide in America today, and and it does tie in. It ties in with because it really gets down to the question of what does it mean to love America, and and who actually? How do you know if somebody really loves America or not? Because you see that a lot today. You know, people people say a lot of stuff. I love my spouse. Well, do you act like it? No, then you don't. Doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter how emphatically you say it. Then you don't. Well, I love my community or my school or my state or I love God. You know, Jesus Christ was very clear. He told us that that those who loved him, truly loved him, followed his commands. So you look at somebody, does that mean we're going to be perfect, folks? No. Let me go ahead and squash that because there's going to be a few people out there that are like, oh, go off on their own little path. No, I'm not saying perfection. Not at all. Jesus Christ was the only perfect man. And that's the point. But. Do people strive? Are they are they striving to follow him, folks? Or are they again and again saying, I'm going to do what I want to do, and then I'll pretend? So I'm getting kind of off topic, and we do have a lot to get through. So I'm going to get going. I'm going to start with a couple quotes, a few quotes, actually, by Reagan. The first couple are quotes from a speech he made in the 60s. And I can't pull it right now, folks. I don't know. It went away. The date did. Maybe, maybe 61. Uh, this was obviously a couple decades, decade and a half before he was president. Now, back in 1927, an American socialist, let me show sure I'm getting, yeah. Norman Thomas, six times candidate for president on the Socialist Party ticket, said the American people would never vote for socialism. 
But he said, under the name of liberalism, the American people will adopt every fragment of the socialist program. There are many ways in which our government has invaded the precincts of private citizens, the method of earning a living. Our government is in business to the extent of owning more than 19,000 businesses covering 47 different lines of activity. This amounts to a fifth of the total industrial capital of the United States. But at this moment, I'd like to talk about another way, because this threat is with us and at the moment is more imminent. One of the traditional methods of imposing statism or socialism on a people has been by way of medicine. Certainly see that today, folks. The last couple of years, COVID have made it abundantly clear, but it's been coming for decades. Uh, and and I just mentioned this one aspect as Reagan did here. He was this whole speech was on socialized medicine and the and the danger therein, and it it was a huge danger, and we're reaping the rewards of ignoring that. Uh, so, at any rate, that's the first one. Same speech, uh, farther on down toward the end, and he was talking about how could they. At this point, there was a door. You know, as I read through that Churchill biography, and we're going to talk about this some, there were so many opportunities to stop World War II, and and we didn't. And you could say the same thing about the Revolutionary War here in America. There were so many points, open doors, where the British government could have stopped the revolution and, and the people could have been reconciled, but we ignored those. And the Civil War, I'm sure, not quite as familiar with that, but I, I'm sure that there were opportunities to stop it, and we didn't. So this was an opportunity to kind of put a check on socialism. Sadly, in the end, we didn't take it. Uh, maybe this one spot we did, but you see where we are today, and we're well down that path towards socialized medicine and being pushed by the left farther every day. But this was toward the end of his speech. Write a letter, write back to your senator representative he's talking about, and tell him you believe in government economy and fiscal responsibility. We don't even know what that is today, folks that you know that governments don't tax to get the money they need, governments will always find a need for the money they get, and that you demand the continuation of our traditional free enterprise system. You and I can do this. The only way we can do it is by writing our congressman, even if we believe that he is on our side to begin with. Write to strengthen his hand. Give him the ability to stand before his colleagues in Congress and say, I have heard from my constituents. And this is what they want. Write those letters now. Call your friends and tell them to write them. If you don't, this program, I promise you, will pass just as surely as the sun will come up tomorrow. And behind it will come other federal programs that will invade every area of freedom as we have known it in this country. Until one day, as Norman Thomas said, we will awake to find that we have socialism. And if you don't do this, and if I don't do it, one of these days, you and I are going to spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Great speech. We could go back and probably just do one podcast on the speech, and uh, maybe at some point we will. This next little bit is from his first press conference that President Reagan gave in 81, I think. And there was a question from one of the reporters. Mr. President, what do you see as the long-range intentions of the Soviet Union? Do you think, for instance, the Kremlin is bent on world domination that might lead to a continuation of the Cold War? Or do you think that under other circumstances, detonate, if I'm pronouncing that word, is possible? And President Reagan said, well, so far, detente, if maybe that's it, 
has been a one-way street that the Soviet Union has used to pursue its own aims. I don't have to think of an answer as to what I think their intentions are. They have repeated it. I know of no leader of the Soviet Union since the revolution, and including the present leadership, that has not more than once repeated in the various communist congresses. They hold their determination that their goal must be the promotion of world revolution and a one-world socialist or communist state, whichever word you want to use. Now, as long as they do that, and as long as they, at the same time, have openly and publicly declared that their only morality that they recognize is what will further their cause, meaning they reserve unto themselves the right to commit any crime, to lie, to cheat, in order to attain that, and that is moral, not immoral, and we operate on a different set of standards. I think when you do business with them, even at a detente, I know I'm murdering that, folks, I'm sorry. You keep that in mind. Bible verse, Isaiah 520. <clears throat> this is a New American Standard Bible. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness, who substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Okay, We're going to get there, folks. Uh, Thomas Jefferson. Can the liberties of a nation be thought secure when we have removed their only firm basis? a conviction in the minds of the people that these liberties are the gift of God, that they are not to be violated but with his wrath. Indeed, I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just, that his justice cannot sleep forever. John Adams. But a constitution of government, once changed from freedom, can never be restored. Liberty, once lost, is lost forever. All right, so... I've got a couple more. This is whew, this is going to be tight today, folks. Uh, these are two more quotes from Reagan, but he's quoting Vladimir Lenin uh, from a speech that he gave. This was in 1983 in Florida, I believe, uh, and that's all I can pull up in my mind right now. And this brings me to my final point today. During my first press conference as president, in answer to a direct question, I pointed out that as good Marxist-Lenists, the Soviet leaders have openly and publicly declared that the only morality they recognize is that which will further their cause, which is world revolution. I think I should point out I was only quoting Lenin, their guiding spirit, who said in 1920 that they repudiate all morality that proceeds from supernatural ideas. That's their name for religion, or ideas that are outside class conceptions. Morality is entirely subordinate to the interests of class war, and everything is moral that is necessary for the annihilation of the old, exploiting social order and for uniting the proletariat. And one more same speech. This is Reagan again. Whitaker Chambers the man whose own religious con conversion made him a witness to one of the terrible traumas of our time, the Hiss Chambers case, wrote that the crisis of the Western world exists to the degree in which the West is indifferent to God. It's a big point there, folks, indifferent, not hostile to, but lukewarm to. The degree to which it collaborates in communism's attempt to make man stand alone without God and then he said, for Marxism, Leninism is actually the second oldest faith. 
first proclaimed in the Garden of Eden with the word Garden of Eden with the words of temptation, quote, ye shall be as gods, end quote. He's quoting from Genesis there and the garden story. All right. Let me see where I am on time. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to get all of this in today, folks, but I'm going to keep going as I can. So all of this so far, what I'm trying to tie together, folks, is Reagan's comments about uh, socialism, communism, leftism, same thing, folks, uh, the Anne Ryan comment, uh, socialism, communism, Nazism, fascism, I add leftism in. They're all just different shades of the same evil, and it is evil, folks. Uh, Reagan's comment about an evil empire, that absolutely applies to uh, individuals that continue to support those values because they're evil and they're just flat out evil. All right. So we're going to start just a little bit today talking about. And the point of all this is so. So we have folks there is there is a irreconcilable divide between the American left and those who love America. And we're going to lay this out over the next three to four episodes. And this, this divide, folks, there's no bridge across it, okay? And so, and it's not every issue. We talk about this often. There's a lot of issues that we can sit down and, and wholeheartedly disagree on, but we can discuss. We can argue like grown-ups. We can be cordial about it, and we can go away still having differing opinions, and that's okay. But there's a core set of issues in our country, as President Coolidge talked about, that if we don't have these core set of values, we no longer have a country. And that's where we're at today, folks. It's coming at us like a freight train. It absolutely is. And so these core values, I'm going to lay them out real quick as I see them. And y'all may, obviously, we're not going to agree on everything. Uh, but these are really uh, just a small set of issues, just a handful, really. But there's no gray area, folks. There's no reconciliation or coexistence. It's, it's like the parable from the New Testament when Jesus Christ is talking about Lazarus, the, the poor man that ended up going to heaven and the rich man that wouldn't give him anything ended up in hell. And, and the gap, the gap between them, between heaven and hell, I think it was Moses, maybe Abraham. I can't remember right now, folks. I should have pulled it up and I apologize. This, I'm being a pretty good example of how Bible illiterate we are today, because I ought to be able to pull that up in my head. But that gulf was, you couldn't get across it. There was no way for Lazarus now in heaven to go down and comfort the rich man who was in hell and torment. It was impossible. And and we don't like to talk about this. I've talked to two people just uh, randomly in my travels over the last couple days, and we've had this little conversation and I, and I say this, and you can kind of see their head cocked to the side and their eyes. They kind of look at me out of the side of their eyes, and, and they, they know there's something that I'm saying that they haven't quite heard before maybe, or, but they don't like it. And these, are, these were friendly people. These were people that I, that I have conversations with and that were receptive overall to, to what we were talking about. But this is a very uncomfortable conversation that we're going to have for these new next few days but good lord it's so vital it's so important so look here's the things these are core issues in america and you can divide them up different ways but this is the way i did it for today god we have people in america that reject god as the foundation for the country and people that that acknowledge that god is the very foundation of this country you, you can't there's no wiggle room there folks that's 
you either agree with it. Now you can, you can disagree on how that ought to be instituted, but you can't disagree on the fundamental issue. God either is, as George Washington said, it's, it's, it's either impossible to govern rightly without God in the Bible or it's possible. You can't have it both ways. Everybody is not right. This is one of the great lies of the left that they've managed to pass on to our children today and to us as adults is that we can all be right. No, we can't be. We can all be wrong if we have a difference in opinion. Or one of us can be right and one of us can be wrong. But we both can't be right on core fundamental issues, folks. It's impossible. Uh, Abortion is just simply murder versus life. There's no there's no gapping that a feminism, the idea that men and women are interchangeable versus acknowledging our inherent differences that God developed, not equal value, folks. We absolutely are of equal value, but that's not what the left. That's not what feminism pushes. Feminism pushes pretending that men and women are exactly the same. And we're going to start to do a series on this, too, about uh, co-ed units in the military and the police and firefighters. And we're going to talk about this because it's, it's making us weaker as a nation. It absolutely is. Marriage, whether you believe that that's a God-ordained institution or a man-made institution, and this ties into the whole LGBTQ nightmare, is the the people that say it's wholesome and good versus those who acknowledge the destructive nature of those lifestyles to our children and to our society in general. You can't have it both ways. You can't say, I think those are wholesome and good, and I think those are evil at the same time. It, it doesn't work, folks. That's not an issue that you can sit down, disagree on, walk away from the table, and then the country continues merrily on its path. It either gets more destructive or it doesn't. Education, huge when we talk about this often. Uh, the bigotry of critical race theory and identity politics and revisionist history, people that support those destructive tendencies, values, Versus those who cling to our Declaration of Independence values that all men are created equal by God and the truth of the American heritage. Is it always pretty? No, it's not. But that's when we stray away from these foundational values, not when we follow them. Uh, illegal immigration, folks. This is such a huge issue. I, I was tempted to leave this off the list, but I, I just can't because when you don't have national borders and security, uh, you you cannot have a nation. And, and I pulled this in because so often today people use the Old Testament trying to make it seem like, well, if you really are a Christian, then you have to support illegal immigration, just like they do with socialism and communism, which is the last point. That's not true at all. There, There's no basis for illegal immigration, supporting illegal immigration, or supporting socialism or communism in the Older New Testament. There is, you absolutely take care of the alien that comes to live peaceably within you in your country. Yes, that's not illegal immigration. You absolutely have a responsibility to care personally for the poor and the needy, the widow and the orphan, women and children. That's not socialism and communism. And that's the last point. And particularly, you see this again in education. You talk about John Dewey, but but also Reagan's comments. You can see this, you know, uh, Education is a great example because we're executing it so well today, what Dewey laid out in the 1920s, which is take the kids away from their parents and away from God, make the school day and the school year longer and longer and longer, pull the kids in at a younger and younger and younger age. Talking with a a local lady that runs a restaurant recently here, and we were talking about that, and, and you could see the wheels kind of turning, you know, 
we take our kids to daycare now at six weeks old and and basically somebody else raises them for the vast majority of their life now from six weeks old for a huge chunk of the population all the way until their adulthood. Certainly do it at public education. You see this. Again, I'm a huge proponent of public education. We need public education, but not the way it is right now at all. It's we are we're taking everything that we need to do and, and going, well, we're going to do the opposite. Um, so so those are those core values, folks, that we just we can't get around. Okay, so I know that that was a lot, a lot of quotes, uh, Reagan, some quotes he used of Lenin in his speeches, uh, John, uh, Thomas Jefferson and John Adams, a couple in there, uh, the Isaiah 520, kind of wrap that all together. So there is this divide, folks, in the country, and it's irreconcilable. And, and this is going to, when we do the series on that Churchill biography coming up, and it'll probably just be a couple episodes, but we'll talk about this again this we're fooling ourselves if we think we can suddenly reconcile between these two different groups of people. It's just not going to happen. And and we've got to realize this and wake up and and really start to make. If we don't, folks, I saw a quote. I'm trying to see how much time I've got left here. <laughs> and I'm over. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I'm going to steal like two more minutes of your time and then I'll wrap up. We're not even going to get into the main part of today, which is... Uh, a book on patriotism from the turn of the 20th century, but we'll go back. That's what we're going to cover for the next three or four days. But here's the deal. I saw this recently. Uh, I can't even remember on social media where I saw it, but it said, if you're spending more time and effort on your phone and TV than on your marriage, right? The problem isn't your spouse. The problem is you. And you could add whatever you wanted into there, folks. You can add golfing, hunting, fishing, shopping, hanging out with your girlfriends, uh, working out, watching sports, whatever it is, if you're giving more time, more of your free time to these other things than you are to your marriage and your faith before that, the problem isn't with God and the problem isn't with your spouse. The problem is with you. Some of y'all that's going to step on your toes, it steps on my toes. Uh, I've told y'all often one of my great weaknesses is, is high school football. I love high school football. I could sit there and watch it every night. Uh, if I'm going to spend three, four, five, eight hours a week doing that, if I haven't spent that amount of time with God and with my wife, because that's my free time, folks, I don't have to do that, right? Then, then the problem's not with them. The problem is with me. And if we don't wake up and make some fundamental changes, some radical changes, folks, in our lives, you know, our individual lives, our marriages, our families, and our nation, it's over. And those radical fundamental changes are going to put us at odds with a number of our fellow citizens, just like our founders were put at odds with the British, just like the North was put at odds with the South, just like the world or the British were put at odds with the Germans. When you choose to make radical changes and follow morals, virtue that our founders talk about so often based on God and the Bible and Jesus Christ, it is going, hear me, because it will, I promise, it is going to put you at odds with people. But that's okay. That's okay. You know, Lincoln talked about he wasn't concerned about being uh, on the right side. He was concerned about being on God's side because he knew that God was always going to be on the right side. And we've got to get to that point, folks. And, and we're going to wrap this in over the next three or four episodes, 
talking about what patriotism really means, what it looks like, what it entails, what our responsibilities are. And, and then we've got to start to act on it, folks. Otherwise, we're going to end up with a fight. There's a quote that I'm going to use from Winston Churchill coming up, and then I'll leave you alone, folks. I promise. I understand what the time is, and I appreciate y'all sticking with me. Churchill talked at one point toward the end, before the war, before World War II broke out, somebody asked him a question or made a comment, and, and he said, I'm so afraid uh, that we have gone from a decision between uh, war with honor and shame, but we've chosen shame, and now we're going to get war thrown in on the end as a, you know, as a cherry on the top. Uh, I paraphrase that horribly, but folks, we've got a fight coming. Or we've got to choose to willingly go to the Soviet Union, to this Linus Marxist stuff that Reagan was talking about, which is the path we're on. Um, we could turn it around. There's a chance at the voting booth. But, God, it's slim, folks. It's slim. It's real slim. We've got to wake up to this fact and acknowledge this. And, and how much better to do it, what Churchill was indicating, to, to go ahead and get in the fight on a moral basis instead of waiting to be shamed into the fight and still getting the fight on our own anyway. You can't reconcile with people that continue to support the evil, godless values of the left and hope that this Christian republic will survive. It will not happen. All right, I kept up for way too long. God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless America. Thank you so much. Looking forward to it as always. Looking forward to the next few episodes. We'll talk to you soon.